Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. Oh, you mean I actually have to talk again? Well... Yes. Okay. That is the idea. It is a radio show. Yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is Monday. So, with all of that out of the way, howdy guys. Welcome back to another edition of Motorsports Madness. I'm Jacob Seelman, Managing Editor at RaceChaserOnline.com, where we give you your motorsports, your way. To my left at the Race Chaser Online Roundtable inside the Race City USA PMN Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina, where apparently there's been a lot going on today based on everything going on outside. Well, a lot of sirens anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Tom Baker to my left, Cisco Scaramuza via the Race Chaser Skype line, and... Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, behind the glass. Say hi. Well, Bill can't say hi. We, we, we haven't given him a microphone yet tonight. I was but. waiting for you to go, say hi, Bill, so I could go, <laughs> hi, Bill. <laughs> that would have been too easy, though. Anyway, we're, we're, we're just going to get on to the newswire <laughs> before we, please? we completely lose control of this show. I think it's too late for that. <laughs> that that would imply that we ever had control That's of it in the right. first place. Yeah, exactly. So I listened to last week. We didn't. No, no, we didn't. But that's okay though. Sometimes. Sometimes. Newswire. Newswire. Before Hello. we get any more sidetracked and crazy than we already are. We are, as of today, exactly. 19 days from the Daytona 500. Daniel Suarez days. Daniel Suarez days. Much excite. That also means that we are not yet done with, well, trying to figure out who's going to be where in the field. And the biggest thing that we learned today, Tom, is there is one charter that we don't know anything about because, well, the curious case of BK Racing strikes again. Yeah, it's really a whopper of a situation, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Pun absolutely intended. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, really, this is what we start with? (laughs) This is the best we could do for a lead story. Well, the the sad part is, other than the Rolex 24, which we'll get to in a few minutes, in the NASCAR world, yeah, this is basically what we got. (laughs) Man, uh, we need more NASCAR news. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the the whole situation at BK is obviously so screwed up. I mean, they've got so many different forces pulling at them financially, you know, that uh, I don't know even how you get out of it. The latest news is that there is a hearing one week from today uh, to determine whether or not the bank, which has sued them, would have a receiver placed in control of the team and of the charter that still remains, which would be for the 23 car. And now we don't know if the team's ever going to race again. We don't have a driver. We don't have any sense of whether they're going to be at Daytona. Now they've been last minute almost every year, it seems like, going down there. So this isn't a new thing, but... You know, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't have a good feeling about how this ends. And not to say that maybe the investor who bought into it or whatever may end up taking it over and actually running it as a race team. Who knows? But right now it's a pretty messed up situation. And therefore, as of right now, no BK. 
you you know, we just don't know what's going to happen with that charter, which is sort of, you know, I don't think NASCAR, I just don't think NASCAR ever intended for the charter situation to be this messed up. Teams, of course not. Teams leasing, teams selling, teams assuming control of, um, you know, I, I don't think that's what it was supposed to be about. And it's just become a... Not. It's become a big giant dumpster fire, in my opinion. I don't. I, I. I believe the charter has been greatly devalued over the last couple of seasons because of uh-huh. all the nonsense in, in that. That you know, whatever the charter meant when they first did it. NASCAR anticipated just, it was going to mean a lot more, Cisco, than I think it ended up actually meaning. Is where all of this boils down to for me. Right. And it's not like that's ever happened to NASCAR ever before in the past. No, not at all. First time of this happening. Well, I mean, again, I I can't blame NASCAR really because NASCAR didn't see all these crazy scenarios coming. I, I, although I, I will say they did put the stipulation in from the start that, you know, you could lease a charter for one year, but then you had to pull it back. And so I guess they anticipated that teams would be possibly doing some of that, but I just think it's it, it's kind of gotten out of control. And then the whole situation with BK, which obviously is nothing to do with NASCAR, um, you know, that charter hangs in the balance at this point. And yeah. the other one that uh, they had, air quotes, sold to front row when David Reagan moved from BK over there, that that charter, I guess, is going to remain with pretty much. Front row. That's the way I understand it, at yes. least. Until the bank finds a better way to, you know, pull. Well, that I don't off. see how they would pull that back at this point because of the circumstances. I think it's the one with the twenty-three that's going to be interesting to watch, Cisco. Yeah, and to kind of camp off that story because there's another countdown I want to get to. 234 days, gentlemen. Do you know what happens in 234 days? Yeah. Um, junior runs at Richmond, which to me is sort of anticlimactic because he'll already run at least one race before that. He retired from competition, and the under, the the everybody thought he had two starts with sponsors this year, and that was it. He was going to be done. Well, according to his tweet now, he's got one race race on his schedule and he wants to do more so it's kind of like well he retired from cup but he's just going xfinity racing apparently it's it's almost a tony stewart-esque retirement in a way where he retired but he's not done racing well junior said from the beginning he wanted to walk back down the ladder the same way he walked up it yeah so does that mean he's going to be racing at hickory in like two years no yes please see i still i still say that uh when uh well i don't want to say little junior uh but when the little one comes, then I do believe at that point you will probably not see Junior back behind the wheel of a race car after that. Aww. That's my thought. Or, or we could see the biggest like headline show ever, Junior and Junior Junior, live tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Junior would be, uh, what, about, uh, oh, 50 years old or 55 <laughs> by that time? So yeah, maybe he'd like be that. waving the flag or something, yeah. probably not in the race car. So here's something that's better than the two previous topics. I well, hope so. <laughs> We had a rookie test at Atlanta today. That's fun. Did we? We did. We had Christopher Bell 
Tyler Reddick and Dalton Sargent testing their cars or truck, in Sargent's case, yeah. in advance of NASCAR weekend at Atlanta coming up next month. Okay. And details. Well, we we don't have a ton of specific times and stuff. Did anybody crash? <laughs> no, no, no. None of the three okay. crashed. That's a good. That's, th- a, good that's a good start. Yeah. But I think it brings up a larger point that at least from the two Xfinity guys that tested, those are your two drivers that we expect to be the guys, or at least. I expect to be the guys who are leading the charge for the championship this year outside of, say, an Elliott Sadler or a Justin Allgaier that we already anticipate is probably going to be there. Bell and Reddick are, Tom, the two, I would say, favorites of the class that's coming into the Xfinity Series to make a charge towards and through the playoffs because, obviously, Bell is in the best equipment that there is when it comes to the Xfinity Series because Joe Gibbs Racing. And the JRM cars have made it to the playoffs final round every year since we started having playoffs in the Xfinity Series, and that's a team that won a championship with William Byron last year. So, Brandon Jones, if you're listening out there, um, Jacob at... Actually, your email. no, that's not quite right, but whatever. Continue. I mean, I'm not discounting Brandon Jones. I just don't I think, think you're he's selling gonna be Brandon in the final drastically four. short. I just don't think he's going to be in the final four. Well, we'll see. He's in a Gibbs car, so I give him a very high chance of it. But I do agree with Chris Bell, and I, I agree with Tyler Reddick. I mean, I think, you know, again, it's going to be a battle between Junior and Joe Gibbs, pretty much. Now, I'm not saying the Penske cars won't win a, win a number of races or the Roush car won't win, but um, in terms of the championship, Hang on obviously a Hang from on a, a driver's Hang on standpoint. A which Roush car? Well, I, I guess Roush cars, but it, I was wait, trying to get wait, back to wait, the driver. Wait, can't say that because there's three drivers in one of the cars. Well, no. there's two cars. No. Ryan Reed and uh, the... Uh, okay, okay. Mini All ra- I'm mini trying mini to get back time. to here <laughs> is that from a driver's championship standpoint, yeah. it's going to be Junior versus Joe Gibbs. Well, that's what it's been the last couple of years, right. basically, except for a spot appearance well, that's this year by Daniel Hemrick. That's what I'm saying. And I, Thank and you, I, Daniel, now, by the way. <laughs> I do believe that Daniel would be the one yes. who would step up and challenge oh, without, outside w- of that group. Without a doubt. And you know what? Yeah. With full season backing from South Point, yeah. good grief. And the fact that RCR is downsized from five teams to three, there's going to be a whole lot yeah. more focus. <laughs> yeah, they lost yeah. some weight over there, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, there's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> and the South Point driver lost a little weight, too. Yeah. I can say that because Brendan has said it numerous yeah. times. Oh. Yeah. I, Brendan has said that a couple of times. Everybody looks at Daniel and goes, wow, that suit fits Jacob you really well. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, there should be no need for hate mail there, Cisco, because Brendan himself has said has joked yeah, about that you, a couple Brendan's of times. Brendan's always been a self-deprecating kind of guy. He's Brendan's one of the best interviews in the garage. And exactly. I really, I hate the fact that he's, of course, he's not totally. No, he's running the road he's course races the road this courses, year. But, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting that Daniel, it was so funny the other day because you look at Daniel and he looks like Brendan, and then you look at Ryan Blaney and Paul Menard and they looked exactly like each other. So, you know, it was <laughs> yeah, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, Those two was, yellow that suits was almost, around. and the hair was almost the yeah. same too, except well, for yeah. Blaney was kind of curly. After Boris said melted, yeah. 
<laughs> the hair got oh, uh, hair boy. got much much more like blady. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back with more in a couple of minutes. If anybody's still brave enough to hang with us, we hope you are. You're listening to Motorsports Madness here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. There's another fan base that may send me hate mail before this show is over, because I guess I, without actually saying his name, may have undersold Matt Tift at RCR in the Xfinity Drivers' Championship battle this year. But we'll see. 
Anyway. Well, I mean, we don't really know how Matt's going to do. It's his first year with the team, but mm -hmm. uh, we know he's going to have some good equipment. And we also know that there's a three car over there that's going to have about well, 27 <laughs> different drivers in it, or at least four or five. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. And before we talk about the Rolex 24 at Daytona, let's actually mention that for a second, because I think the most interesting name out of that entire driver's list when and I took a look at it, Tom, is probably Shane Lee uh, getting an opportunity yeah. in that RCR number three car. You know both Dylan brothers are going to be a part of the all-star car this year. But, you know, Shane's a shoe that came out of the uh, Cunningham Motorsports stable in the ARCA Racing Series last year. Did a good job. Should have won one of the two dirt races until he got punted out of the way uh, by a Sheldon Creed late in the going Alas, that's going to be interesting. It's a big difference between the Arca series and the Xfinity series. So I'm not totally sure what to make of it, but it's a great opportunity for Shane. Well, it is, And a, he's a local boy, too. It's a good opportunity for Shane, and it's a good opportunity for Jeb Burton, who's also going to be yes. a part of that, Yeah, which I'm intrigued by. I'm I mean, very intrigued by Both of those two are going Jeb. to be very interesting uh, from the standpoint of watching to see how they, I mean, obviously it's the best equipment that either of them, well, certainly Jeb Burton in a oh, while yeah. and yeah. Shane ever, honestly, because he's never been in this high of a series. So I think that's an interesting situation. It's sort of like the Oprah Winfrey thing. You get, you get to drive the three and you get to drive the three and you get to drive the three. Everybody gets to drive the three. I mean, it's going to be a, um, a round robin of drivers that they're going to be mm -hmm. pulling from throughout the year. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how that works out but you know i guess instead of uh instead of five cars and about seven or eight drivers they've got three cars and seven or eight drivers yeah pretty much <laughs> now jeb confirmed on twitter cisco that he will drive three races in the all-star car this season which gosh i wish it was a few more honestly because jeb is one of those guys that you really wish uh, we could see in some more races. He's certainly got the talent, but it's a great opportunity, and you know he's going to be in a in a position where he's got to make the most of it. What three is he running? Yeah, we haven't said yet, or he uh, hasn't said yet. Okay, how's how is why we haven't said yet? Something I didn't. But no, do you he, think it's going to be shorter stuff, or do you think they're going to put him in for bigger tracks? I I don't know. I would are think, they are they uh, going to do the Martinsville like usual? Hi Jeb, welcome back to the Truck Series. Go run Martinsville or uh, news flash: the Xfinity Series doesn't run at Martinsville. Oh. Smart one. <laughs> wow, I was yeah, no, I, I was, was waiting I was double wrong to, there. That yeah. was Xfinity car. That was twice. Wrong. I was waiting to see how you're going to tie that back to Xfinity before I said anything. But yeah, Jacob no, I, yeah. dropped in before. I'll I'll take the pie on that one. I don't have an at racechaseronline.com email address yet, so no, no, no. It's okay. There's a reason for that. Yeah, but it, it, <laughs> it's because okay. we don't want you to crash our server with a hate mail. So I love the lineup: Austin, Ty, Shane Lee, Jeb Burton, and Brendan Gaunt. Like. How much other than Shane, which I really don't know what Shane's entertainment value is because I don't know him personally, but the other four, that's going to be a party every weekend at the racetrack, Tom. Let's just be honest here. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. Like I said, it's it's a neat it's a neat deal for for that team to be able to put together a driver lineup like that. And interesting that it would be in the three car, which has kind of always been one of the main cars, but. 
uh, using that as the all-star car this time. And that's like I said, I think the, um, I think RCR this year really is poised to take a little bit of a step forward all the way around, I feel like, but especially I think that Xfinity lineup, Daniel Hemrick went a lot farther than I think a lot of people thought he would last year. And I, I do believe he could be a championship contender. Uh-huh. I, I believe he For could sure. be, too. Yep. It's just a matter of will he be. And we have to run 33 races to find that. That's correct. So all that said, here's a transition for you from Richard Childress Racing to ECR Engines, which powered the cars that we're going to talk about a lot for the rest of this segment because Action Express Racing, which is part of the Cadillac DPI family, yep obliterated Cisco, well, everybody, on their way to a record 808 laps around Daytona International Speedway's 3.56-mile road course to win a record-setting Rolex 24 at Daytona. Now, I have to give him credit because before he went back up Across the pond, James Pike was on this show and said that the Action Express 5 car was going to win the race. James, if you're listening, good for you. I'm eating my crow now. None of us expected them to do what they did. At one point, with about five hours to go, they led the field by not one, not two, but three laps. That is more than ten miles that is unheard of in the modern era without a lot of attrition which to be fair we had some attrition it just took about 15 hours before we actually saw it yeah and a lot of people said over the course of the race that because we didn't have that pc class this year that ooh, you went there right off the yeah. bat I, I had to go there because so many people were saying it. The fact we didn't have the PC class and the race ultimately was a little bit cleaner, just a teensy little bit cleaner because they didn't have those cars in there. Prototype challenge drivers. That's Cisco at. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. No, it's. I think even some of the drivers had mentioned it. I'm. I feel like I saw a quote somewhere where that was the case. But either way, and the most of the attrition we saw was. Well, for one thing, Mazda popped about 20,000 tires during that <laughs> no, race. No, 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 Cisco. That was Wayne Taylor racing. We'll get there. <laughs> that That is true, but Mazda didn't have much of a better fare. No, be Mazda didn't have much of a better fare. One of, one, I think one of their motors finally went, if I remember right. Or they do not have something. good luck at Daytona. No. They don't. No, the first two hours were, like, terrible for them. They, can we get them, like, can we, like, Give them a good luck charm. Can um, Do they have... Oh, you know what they probably have? They have the Golden Benny in the pit. That's what it is. <laughs> That's where it ended up after all these years. Golden Benny? <laughs> wow. Is that what they're calling the announcer's curse these days? Oh, my. Reaching back for that one. I was, I was alive during that. I could pull that one out. This retro moment brought to you by Cisco Scaramuza. Holy and cow. C-2002, thank you very much. Golden Benny, absolutely. <laughs> I miss Benny. I think we and all miss Benny. Benny. Yeah, wow. Tom, I'll go to you. Okay. Ac you're not a fan of this race because Action Express killed the field. 
But let's be honest. This is the first Rolex 24 in quite a while that we've seen one team do what Action Express did. Well, yeah, but and, and let's, again, you keep misquoting me and making it sound like something it wasn't meant to sound like. It's nothing against Action Express. and I, I don't didn't mean say it, it was. It's, it, it, it's <laughs> you just, just said it was this, a bad race. <laughs> this race was like a 24-hour F1 race. There just was no there there. I mean, it, there, as, as Cisco so truthfully said it, without the prototype challenge class, we had a much cleaner race than usual. Four cautions yeah. for 20 laps out of 808. Out of 808. And, you know, there really just wasn't, I mean, yeah, okay, while we were sleeping, there was actually some passing for the lead. But there was also a it, rainstorm with five hours in that made life really fun. Yeah, I saw the beginning of that. But it just, you know, it just wasn't, uh, it just wasn't a great race. There wasn't a lot of storylines. The storyline of the race was was the one with Wayne Taylor racing in the tires. Wayne Taylor racing, announcing. I think they popped five of them. On in Saturday total? morning. Sunday I think morning. It was, Sunday morning, sorry, it was. I think it was more than that. Um, that uh, they were parking their car out of safety concerns because they had popped so many tires. And it's peculiar to me because they were the only major prototype team that was having that level of problems. Well, and they said they were well within the limitations that were set by the tire manufacturer. Which tells me there was a problem with so, the car that they had yet to discover at the race. Gremlin with like a with a fork that just kept yeah. popping the tire over and over yeah, in I the mean, fender just, wheel. Well, that. Continental did say that two of the tire failures they had isolated as punctures from debris. So you, I mean, and you're going to have that in a 24 hour race. You're going to, heck, you're going to have that in a 500 mile NASCAR race. Let's so just be so what you're saying is we should have had debris cautions. Oh, geez. No. What? Hashtag no. Universe. Hashtag no. But look, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, make judgment here because I don't know what the story was. I just know. That for Wayne Taylor Racing, who's not a marginal team, I no, mean, they've won and, the thing. And for five years prior, had had zero issues. They were right. on the podium or fourth for in every th- for race. For them to make the decision to park the car out of safety concerns, something just doesn't add up. That's all I'm going to say because. That's not the type of team that just quits in the middle of a race. So they perceived, at least, that something was not right. So going to be interesting. Uh, I've got to believe we're going to hear more about this in the coming days. Uh, I I just think... this is not over yet because... No, I don't think it is know. either, frankly. But we'll just wait and see. There are a couple more things, though, that I do want to hit on about this race in our next segment. But we have to take a break first. So, Bill's going to hit a button, and we'll see you on the other side of this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels 
both new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on PMN. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, and Cisco Scaramuza with you talking racing and currently talking about the twice-around-the-clock endurance classic that was the 56th running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. And Cisco... As we watched this race play out, obviously one of the biggest storylines going into the weekend was not just that we had 20 prototypes in the top class, which is a number that we haven't seen in 
several years even for Daytona, but the caliber of teams, manufacturers, drivers that we had competing in the top class. You had Team Yost coming over and partnering with Mazda. You had Acura and Team Penske joining forces on Sports Car Racing's biggest stage in the Americas. You had Jackie Chan Racing coming over from the World Endurance Championship. You had United Autosports and Fernando Alonso making a splash, and Alonso actually leading the race at several points during the earlier stages. I mean, this was one of... What what's that? Alonzo looked good out there. Yeah, he did. He always looks I good. I mean, let let's all be honest, Cisco. The man is a freak of racing in the fact that no matter what he gets in, he gets in, it takes him about five laps to get comfortable, and then he's just a machine from then on out. I mean, it's 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 almost stig levels of like that's how good he is. Like yes. any car. Just give him a little bit of warm-up time, and bam, he can go out there and run a lap and run consistently. And that's the biggest thing watching him do Indy and watching him do this. The consistency just shocks me because we've seen what happy, what happens when you know drivers hop over. I think of Dario going to NASCAR, Kimmy yeah. going to NASCAR. The speed was there, but the consistency was always kind of that second thing to come up. Alonso has it. Absolutely, he does. Well, I mean, to be fair... Dario got hurt before he really had a chance to get settled in. Yeah. And, you know, Kimmy didn't run enough races because he was too busy complaining about Hotfoot. So um, <laughs> he had a couple truck races and bolted back across the pond. But, uh, you know, it's <laughs> there's no doubt Fernando is a world class racer. Amen. He, is, he is definitely on the caliber of, in my opinion, a Mario Andretti. Or AJ, or an AJ. Well, yeah, in in the sense that we never did get to see AJ in F one. But I was just trying to think about AJ other ran everything who, else. Yeah, though. everything else. Yeah, but I mean these drivers. I mean he is a throwback too because you know you guys you had a chance to interview him. Yes, at, at the media tour last week. And what what was amazing to me about that? I, I mean I I you know I wanted to jump in, but I didn't want to jump in because I was too busy listening to him. And he kind of just. He was so laid back, but you can tell he's so calculating. Mm-hmm. Everything in his head is a calculation. He knows exactly. When he talks about a race car, he knows exactly what's going on with that car. You know, he, he even, I mean, it, he's talked about potentially testing a NASCAR, you know, at some point. Now, look, I wouldn't want to see him honestly run Daytona. That's not my thing. I want to see him run Watkins Glen, you know, or something like that. Road America in an Xfinity car or something. You know, I want to see him run a stock car on a road course, not so much on a, something on that's a in speedway his element. that, well, it's not even that. But, you know, for him to go to Daytona, I'd rather see him come to Charlotte and run the 600 or something. You know, Daytona is so easy, honestly. I, I don't think that would be a good display of his talent. Fair. You know, I get so, your point. Yeah, so he, but he's just, as you said, he's a machine. And, you know, drivers like that, the the Nigel Mansell kind of drivers, Ayrton Senna, they don't yep. come along very often. No. Um, you know, and, and when you see a driver like that, you just really appreciate it and, and – I, I don't have think, no doubt. I don't if, think people appreciate Alonzo enough. No, I so. don't either. And I have no doubt if you put him in a car that can go win at Le Mans, he'll do he it. He will. 
Well, let's keep in mind the only factory LMP1 team right now is Toyota. Well, that's so. we that's, call up Audi, get them to come back, <laughs> please. You know, <laughs> something like that. You know, I think he'd like to get in that Toyota. Yeah, I, I believe so, and they're working on that from everything that we understand. So we'll wait and see. Alonso wants to do want the 24. Fernando Alonso. Period. You know. So, all that said, Cisco. Another thing of importance was Acura Team Penske coming out of the gate strong. Yes, they didn't get the overall finish that they were hoping for, ninth and 10th with those two cars. But how important was the showing that they had through the middle of the night from about hour 10 to when they started having issues at hour 14 and hour 16? Just the the fight that they took directly to Action Express and the fact that Elio and Ricky Taylor drove that five car down, passed it, and drove away for a couple of stints. I mean, this is a team... We know anything that Roger Penske touches is eventually going to win races, but this Acura program looks like something that's going to win races fast, like maybe, I don't know, Sebring? Yeah, no, it, it, it makes me excited for this whole IMSA season and to watch them race, and... And Roger did more than just, you know, touch this team. I mean, he was up with the team the whole race. Like, it's been well documented. He stayed awake for 24 straight hours. 80 years old. 80 years old, the man stayed awake for 24 hours. I'll be lucky to stay awake till the end of the show. Hey, let's let's be honest. Simon Pagino was quoted after the 24 as saying, I had to get some sleep. I couldn't even do what Roger did. It's amazing. Of course, I guess if I had two, you know, multi-million dollar cars out there racing, I'd want to watch them yeah, too. I want to stay awake. Is Roger like Matt Kenseth from '04? He's just a robot. <laughs> just give me they a, just have more of them in the semi. Give me a wait, wait a minute. '04 or '03, Cisco? They ran that commercial in '04. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm oh, breaking I out more early that. 2000s NASCAR <laughs> trivia here. That's two now. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah, Cisco's on a roll tonight. He's on a retro kick. <laughs> Next thing you know, he'll be wearing bell bottoms. <laughs> yeah, really. Playing disco music. The other point that I wanted to make about you know strong performances, we talked about United and Alonzo. And let's keep in mind the sister United Autosports car finished fourth. It was four laps down, but it still finished fourth behind the three cars on the lead lap at the finish. And of those three cars, the one I really want to highlight, Cisco, is the non-factory-supported Core Autosport number 54 or Orica, which, good grief, John Bennett has always been a journeyman. This Pro-Am lineup went out and did an amazing thing. They probably shouldn't have been on the podium, but they survived. They ran their race, as John said. They didn't have any mechanical gremlins bite them, and at the end of the day... If any of the motor bugs bit those two Action Express cars like they were threatening to in the final laps, they could have won the thing. Just the fact that they were in position in their first ever race in the prototype class, that to me was amazing. And it was a story that went sorely underappreciated in this race. It did. And that's one of the things that I just love about the endurance racing is the fact that you don't need to have necessarily the fastest car in the grid. If you put the time and the effort to where it counts and you make sure that your car is running, 
reliability. Most importantly, it's running, not running with issues, and you're going out there and you're just putting down laps, yep. putting down laps, putting down laps. You're going to be good regardless, even if you don't have the fastest car out there. Mm-hmm. You just need consistency, and you need a team that can work together, communicate, and make sure to keep it keeps that car out there for as long as possible. That's right. Reliability wins endurance races, Tom, and we saw that it was it was getting close but at least for 24 hours and 1 minute uh the two action express cadillacs were, had enough reliability to get yep. to the finish but so did the core car and i'm not saying they're going to go out and win four or five races and contend for the championship but i do think that that team is certainly talented enough that they could go out and win, you know, take it to the DPIs and win a race this year. John Bennett and Colin Brown are no strangers to performing at championship level. They only won five straight championships in the prototype challenge class between ALMS and IMSA. Well, you're, I think you're seeing that the spec prototype is at least capable of holding its own. Correct, which is exactly what IMSA wanted right. when they went to the new rules. Yeah, now whether or not it ever becomes I don't think it'll ever become dominant dominant or even even with I think it's close you know, to even I, I mean it I suppose it depends on the race course in this in the situation yeah. but I mean look if 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 there's one team that I do believe can pull it off with the spec prototype it's that team as yeah. you said those those guys have been around they've been around the block they know what they're doing I mean, Colin Brown, to me, is one of the most under-respected drivers in any respect, um, you know, in in that form of racing or in any form of racing, probably. I don't think he ever really got the shot at NASCAR that no, he deserved. No, I but, don't think so either. You know, it's just, um, it, it's an interesting time yes, in IMSA, it is. In, the, in the WeatherTech series. It's very interesting, and I think this year could have a few twists and turns, the plot line, yep. before the story's over. Two more key points, Cisco, that I want to hit on in the final minutes of this segment. The fact that in GT Le Mans, Ford gives Chip Ganassi his 200th race win across all series as a car owner. This one was big. This one was really, really big at the end of it. And for a team where we watched Richard Westbrook and Ryan Briscoe really bring this thing all the way home, uh, Scott Dixon being involved in that, this was just a huge moment for them and for Chip. Oh, absolutely. And for Chip, 200 wins. I mean, get the biggest banner that you can print in Charlotte and hang it up in your office because that's awesome. That's that's a milestone that teams as a whole to do it across motorsports and Fox pointed it out during the broadcast. But this is this isn't just IMSA. This isn't just NASCAR and this isn't just IndyCar. They also got a GR, a couple GRC wins in there as well, as well as the wins in endurance racing. And that's to have a team that differentiate nah, for lack of a better word, you know, all encompassing. Let's go with that. Just going there out go. and trying different motorsports. Hey, we got a couple wins here. Hey, we got a couple wins here. That's cool. It that's, is. That's like Chip. Chip just is like, hey, let's do this race and let's go win a few races. Let's do this. Let's yes. go win a few races. For anybody who's curious, by the way, about that breakdown, that's 103 IndyCar wins, 56 sports car wins, 39 stock car wins, and two wins in Global Rallycross. Yes, I had a cheat sheet. Don't Diverse. Look at very diverse. And in GTD Cisco, the GRT Grasser team, uh, this wasn't necessarily 
so special from a driver lineup because it's not names that many people in North America would know, but it's the first Rolex 24 win and the first 24-hour win for Lamborghini as a brand. Let that sink in. And Lamborghini, keep in mind, all those years ago, you know how that company started. It was when Mr. Lamborghini bought a bought a tractor, and yes. uh, he didn't like the tractor he got from, uh, I believe it was uh, Mr. Ferrari that he bought it from. <laughs> like the clutch in it, and decided to put his own clutch in it, and that's how Lamborghini started. Something like that, as legend goes. Hashtag fun facts. Fun facts. By the way, the driver lineup in the number 11 GRT Grass or Lamborghini was Rolf Anakin, Mirko Bordelotti, Frank Pereira, and Rick Brukers. I did have a cheat sheet to help me make sure I didn't screw any of that up. So, you know. You needed one. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, all of that said, congratulations to the winners I hope they all have their Rolex watches now, or at least they're going to be getting them. I know they were all in victory lane, so that's a plus because each driver who wins in their class gets a brand-new Rolex Cosmograph Daytona. That's probably the coolest part. It's not even the cup trophy, Tom, that's in there in victory lane, but you wear the trophy. It's the Rolex. It's just that's that's what's special about the 24 hours. It's a granddaddy watch. I knew you were going to find a way to put a Noah Gregson <laughs> reference in there. We're going to break. When we come back, we're talking TQ Midgets, and Ryan Flores is going to be on the line with us. You're listening to The Madness, and trust me, it is mad, here on the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Okay, so, Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. And, Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? 
At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker and Cisco Scaramuza and going to completely do a 180 and go the opposite direction from sports cars for this segment because we're going to talk indoor TQ midgets with the winner of the most recent indoor TQ midget race. And it was his first Atlantic City Gamblers Classic victory. Wow, that was a mouthful. I'm going to shut up and let Ryan Flores talk because <laughs> it's a it's a good thing when we have Skip on the line and back on the show with us. Ryan, uh, how about that? Gamblers Classic winner. Congratulations, and I'm sure that's got to sound really, really good. Hey, yeah, it does. Thanks, thanks for having me. And it was a uh... It was a great weekend to be able to go up there and execute this weekend. I'm sure it was. It was a great feeling. I know after the engine failure that you guys had on the opening weekend, to be able to put that behind you, come back. I mean, how much work did go into uh, being able to get everything back together and just knowing that you were 100% race ready to go out and attack again? Yes, it was disheartening in in, uh, Allentown because we were so fast and we had driven the lead both nights and – and, you know, it was Friday night we had a flat tire from a rim getting bent, which indoor racing, there's a lot of contact, and you'll have that with those aluminum wheels. And then, uh, you know, Saturday we drove through the field really clean, didn't really touch anybody uh, from 10th, which is almost unheard of anymore in indoor racing, and um, got to lead and, and really had a, had a win solidly locked up with six to go and uh, and had some motor issues. But after that, I you know, my car stays in New Jersey uh, with, with my best friend Jimmy Blewett and my dad and and him and a, and a bunch of friends kind of work on it. And I usually don't go back and forth, but I was on a plane every weekend in January going back and forth and wow. uh, and working on that car uh, to get it right for Atlantic City because you only get so many shots at this. This is our this is our fourth shot at it, and a lot of people don't get uh, don't get a chance to win it. Heck, there's been there's about seventy cars there this weekend, but there's been over a hundred in the past, and really only eight guys have ever won that race. To put yourself on that list among some of the likes of the guys who have won that race. I mean, the Gamblers Classic is arguably the most prestigious race on the Indoor Auto Racing Series. What's that mean to you as a guy who doesn't get to do the racing thing on a regular basis anymore? Yeah, our goal when we first started, nearly a short four years ago, was just to make the race. And, uh, and you know, that's still our goal when we get to the racetrack now, even though we're fast. If there's so many good cars there that if you have a bad qualifying run and a bad uh you know prelim night per se you're finding yourself in a b main and all and it's just one bad turn there and, and you don't end up in the race so uh so to be able to to go there and be a strong contender and qualify uh you know quick time this weekend and and put ourselves in a good spot for the feature and be able to execute and be the, among the likes of like lucicones and joey paynes and eric rudolph anthony cecily stort and there's been a lot of guys teddy christopher that have that have won up there and um put my name on that trophy is, is a real big deal the tq midgets have really become more sophisticated over the last handful or 10 years or so ryan talk a little bit about that because i know that 
you know, back when I was watching races at Niagara Falls back in the 90s, you know, you could have a 20-year-old car and go win. It seems like now that's just not going to happen. You've got to have the latest and greatest to be able to be competitive, it seems like. And you certainly have that. I mean, your car is just dropped dead gorgeous. Yeah, we we put a lot of work into it, and and we were fortunate to uh, to build a relationship with Mark Lafler and, and be able to buy a fast car right off the get go. A lot of those cars, um, you know, in, in Niagara Falls and and those cars that uh, that ran the Boardwalk back when when Boardwalk Hall was in the '60s and yeah. '70s and stuff were were home built cars and cars that people were doing experiments. And there was chassis uh, that people built too, kind of as a as a manufacturer and. Um, you know, right now, the, the, even this, the last, I don't know, I think it's 13 or 14 years that they've been having this race uh, back in, in Boardwalk Hall since 2003, so it's probably more than that. But um, but it's gone through a progression of, of cars that have been fast, or Spitfire cars that are fast, and Dryden cars, and now it's the Laffler cars that, that have kind of taken over. And uh, there's still other cars that can win the race. It just seems as though that the Laffler cars are dominant. And, you know, they have a cantilever front suspension, like, like an indie car does and a quick change rear end and all kinds of you know the nicest shocks you can get and there's yeah. definitely a lot of money into them they're almost they almost look like mini indie cars when you look at them um and and that's just motorsports in general uh it, it always progresses and progresses and and um you know someone else will come out with the latest and greatest stuff but right now Mark's stuff is, is by far the best on the market and uh it's just a, it's a blast to drive and really you look at the races this weekend the salmon's family's doing a doing a great job almost too good of a job preparing the racetrack um we said we were fortunate enough to set the track record two years ago at a 790 and heck there was three guys that ran in the seven nines in the race this weekend so the race pace was faster than the track record wow that's pretty amazing and i love the the variable in terms of competition you know it must be fun for you because i mean you're around the nascar group all year long and then you get to go and you get to rub elbows and race against guys, you know, obviously used to, you know, Teddy Christopher at one time was really hot. And, and now even, you know, so many guys, Ryan Priest, a driver like Tommy Catalano or Anthony Payne, a couple of the younger guys that are, you know, coming up through the ranks that get in and go do that now. And, you know, drivers from different disciplines that you get to uh, mix it up with that really must make that quite an experience for you. Yeah, growing up, my dad was, my dad, you know, was pretty fortunate to grow up in the New Jersey area when there were, there was a lot of, you know, East Windsor sure. and Flemington and Wall Stadium. Yep. We just went from asphalt to dirt and we'd go to Bridgeport and then, you know, venture off into New, into New York and Pennsylvania and really get get to go to a variety of races. Our, you know, my eyes were never closed to just uh, asphalt modified racing, even though that's that's more of the path I went I went down before I moved down here. But, um but I, I've I've gotten to watch a lot of these guys and race against a lot of these guys um, my whole life from Florida Midgets on up and and to be able to race against and it's it's turned into a lot of asphalt modified guys which is cool for me because I found a resume of mine from when I was like 15 years old and my mission statement was to uh, to make it to drive uh, full time on the Wheeling Modified Tour so at that time it was the Featherlight Modified Tour right. and that was my goal in life was to be it was to be a mod tour driver. So, uh, so uh, obviously life panned out a little different for me, but uh, to be able to get to go run two, three races a year um, because of, of my duties on the NASCAR side is great to go up there and just to get to rub elbows with those guys and share stories with them and, and to be able to race against them and, and be successful means a lot. Ryan, 
I don't have the luxury only because they're not updated on the website just yet of seeing the official points after this past weekend, but I can pretty well say with certainty that you winning the Gambler's Classic at least is going to leapfrog you somewhat back into points contention, even if it is still a little bit of a long shot. I mean, are, are you eyeing that back-to-back title? What do you, what's the mindset going into uh, going into the last race of the series, knowing that there, there's obviously a chance, but it's going to take a little bit of work? Unfortunately for me, my my uh, indoor season will be over after Atlantic City because of the Bush Clash. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, I'll be with Ryan Blaney this year, and um, and he qualified in the Bush Clash, getting a pole last year at Kansas. So you won't be able <laughs> so, to go down, or you won't be so able won't to be there. I won't even be able to go up. Wow. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be in Daytona actually going early, taking care of our Bush Clash car for for Team Penske. So uh, I'll leave that one to those boys to battle it out, and I'll watch. Far and I wish them all well and I hope it's a great race and a great show for the first time going up there. But unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make that trip. Um, Albany, New York, is just too far from Daytona to uh, to get back and forth in a day. <laughs> yeah, time. and with the, with weather and everything up there, it's just it just didn't make sense. Plus, uh, Penske really does does a great job letting me do this stuff in the winter. Um, but that close to Daytona, if there was a, you know a bump on the knee or, or or hurt wrist like I've had before, or something to it to knock me out of contention. They put a lot of time and, and emphasis on my um, on my tire changing uh, career, and it wouldn't be right for me to let my team down like sure. that. Now you've gone from the Wood Brothers over to Team Penske proper. So my question is, did you have to get a haircut? Because you know we saw how much. Uh, was left on the floor when Ryan Blaney was done. Was your hair was your hair within the limits there that uh, Penske measures you by? Yeah, I don't really get the rope that that Ryan does to to uh, pull on there. I I, <laughs> I work uh, at Team Penske um, in the shop, so so I stay as clean cut as I can. Pretty you know as clean cut as a Jersey kid could be. So, uh, <laughs> I stay pretty cleaned up all the time and. Um, and they're they're a little bit quicker to tell me to, to straighten up than they were to tell Blaney, but but ultimately uh, ultimately he had to get cleaned up too. And um, and you know Ryan, it's funny he 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 believes that that hair took on a life of its own. He just kind of did it, and everybody else made it a bigger deal than he thought it was. But uh, but man, it's it's cool to work for him, and he's a cool guy, and uh, and definitely has a has a rich racing family, a rich rate rich history in his racing family. Uh, so it's cool to see the cool to see the Buckeye bullet around and. And his uncle, you know, is uh, is always around Dale, yep. so it's, Dale. Uh, it's cool to be a part of. How excited are you to be able to be in-house with Ryan on the cup side this year? I mean, working for the Wood Brothers obviously had its own uh, rich history, I'm sure, but to be to be back in-house on the cup side has got to be exciting for you this, this year. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. It's a great opportunity, and... Uh, and, you know, I'm upset to uh, to not be able to go race with the Wood Brothers guys uh, because that was just a great three-year run that we had with them and really feel like um, it, it was just super cool. To, they're some of the best some of the best people in the garage area, really. And um, and to be able to, to be around and rub elbows with uh, guys like Eddie and Len and Leonard and, and go up to Stewart and see Glenn and go to their shop and show us everything was, was awesome. And uh, I will miss them and treasure that forever. But uh, but you know to have the opportunity to be in house with Ryan and kind of bring our whole team over uh, is going to be great too. Um, 
I, I'm just thankful for the opportunity and, and look forward to getting Daytona and getting this year started. There's a lot of rich history behind the 12 car at Team Penske on the stock car side, and I know uh, you and Blaney, uh, that whole team, are looking forward to, to making a lot more of it, Ryan. Uh, and always glad to have you back on here. Hate that we don't get to see you go and race the indoor finale, but uh, excited for your guys' chances at the Clash, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you at the track here come a uh, few weeks down in Atlanta. Thank you guys very much. That's Ryan Flores Skip, as he's affectionately known in the racing circles. And we are going to step aside. When we return, we'll shift our conversation over to the dirt world because we're on the cusp of Florida in February. You're listening to Motorsports Madness, the second half after this on the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. 
Hide the kids. It's time to get dirty with the Race Chaser Online crew. Here's your host, Jacob Seelman, with Turn 5 Live's curator of Casa de Porkchop, Stephen Evans. Oh, boy. Food, dirt, racing. Those three words make, well, Steve come running, which is good (laughs) because we were looking for him just before... We came back on the air. If you're just joining us, this is the second half of Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network. My name is Jacob Seelman. I'm the managing editor at RacechaserOnline.com. Alongside Tom Baker in the Race City USA PMN studios, Cisco Scaramuza joins us via the Race Chaser Skype line alongside Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens, who has, wait for it, wait for it, breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Um, This is a deal that uh, has been trying to uh, be put together all winter long, and it was just announced here uh, in between the time that we were together last week and tonight. Uh, Matt Shepard is not only going to try and compete and win the Super Dirt Car Series for 2018, he's also going after a near $60,000 opportunity if he could win both the Short Track Super Series North Region and the South Region. Hang on, Steve. He, Hang on. This is, where, this is where everybody's reaction should be the following. What? Yes, there Yikes. is a an incredible bonus uh, Jeez, that's God. been put up this year. Not only by Lias Tire American Racer, but also uh, Sunoco Race Fuels uh, and Insinger Performance, which is the Northeast leader uh, in uh, distribution for 99.9% pure methanol. Just a little side fact there. Um, they have put together an incredible program that if a driver can sweep both the North and the South, when they include prize money for the North and the South, plus the bonus money, they would take home nearly $57,000 to do that. And that is is quite a chunk of change. And, And guys, I know that, you know, maybe when you combine the North and the South series for the Short Track Super Series, maybe that gets close to the number of races that that you have on the super dirt car series schedule but guys you know we've been saying it for years and i think with this new program uh brett deo in the short track super series has really pulled themselves uh, fender to fender with the super dirt car series and and in some in some opinions here in the northeast guys deo has started to edge ahead now um, and, and this is impressive, Tom, for a series that is, you know, fairly, fairly young. I mean, we're, we're, we're approaching 10 years that, that they've been at this. Wow. Really? But, I mean, we're, we're getting to that point, Jacob. It doesn't um, seem like it's been that long. <laughs> the super nationals, which, which Deo started promoting, um, was just, uh, you know, we're coming up on the 10th one of, of, for the super nationals. So, um, that was kind of what, uh, ignited everything uh, to do with the short track super series. But, but Tom, when you look at this, I, I, you know, there's a lot of folks that are going to look at it and say, this is dirt car versus Deo, but, but at the end of the day, this is a great opportunity for a lot of drivers and, 
And you're going to have drivers that, you know, you either follow the Dirt Car Series or follow the Dale Series. But the drivers that follow each of these, whatever they choose, they win, the fans win, and it just shows how healthy dirt modified racing is up here in the Northeast. Well, that's what I was going to say, Jacob, because honestly, when I look at this, I mean, there have been series in the past that have tried to challenge dirt car or super dirt car, whatever they're calling it this week, um, and have encroached on their territory. Brett Deo has taken a different approach. Brett Deo hasn't tried to go and run shows at Weedsport and Rolling Wheels and Canandaigua. Brett Deo has done this completely differently. No, he's basically made it the working man's super dirt yes, car series. And Steve, this to me is the difference right there, Jacob, because at the end of the day, this feels to me like the working man is getting a chance to actually, it's almost David challenging Goliath. And I feel like in any case, Jacob, in this day and age, with all the different variables that we've got right now with track switching to 358s and all of that sort of thing, honestly, Jacob, I think this is the perfect time for somebody like Brett Deo to sneak up. And we can have two series and nobody should be jealous. Nobody should be upset with the other. Look, Matt Shepard's going to try to run them all. Good for him. Good for the fans. Good for both series. This shouldn't be a me or you. Well, no, and it hasn't been for a few years because Brett's been very calculated about the way he's gone about this. Now, right. Steve, the inevitable question, and you, I hope, would have assumed that this was coming from me because, well, <laughs> when Matt Shepard announces he's going to run everything, it brings up the obvious point. Are there any conflicts? Well, there there are some conflicts once we get to October, guys, and and the the glaring one that that jumps off the schedule right away is uh, on the North Series side, the Short Track Super Nationals, uh, which this year will be the eleventh year for the Short Track Super Nationals. That falls on Friday, Saturday, October fifth and sixth. No, also, no. Yes. Whoa, 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 wow. The week before, I yes. think. Right? Yes. So, week before no, this. no. The first weekend in October has traditionally been Super Dirt Week, which I believe it no. is. A... It's the second weekend because it... it's the weekend of Columbus Day. Okay, Steve, clarify this for me because I'm well, slightly. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now, okay. guys, because in, in past seasons, um, it has been a direct conflict, and, and a driver, oh, okay. I'll point out, uh, Eric Rudolph was one. Um, he had an opportunity to win the Short Track Super Series North region, but he had two solid rides for uh, Super Dirt Week. And, guys, it does. It falls on the exact wow. same weekend. I thought and, it did. Because Columbus and, Day is usually the second Monday. That's why I said that. Yeah, I, and and I guess know, it would be this time. It would be like the eighth or whatever. So exactly, right now I've had conversations with Brett about this before, and and you know Brett says exactly what you guys say. You know, we're we're not the Super Dirt Car Series. We are a series for the working guy who races at his bullring short track on on Friday and Saturday nights, and, and has an opportunity to maybe travel to eight to 10 races, 
but doesn't have the budget or doesn't have the means or, or guys, even the vacation time yeah. to to travel at a 26 to 28 race schedule for the Super Dirt Car Series. So, um, you know, this is this is what we're looking at. But, yeah, there is going to be a conflict there. And and here here's how Matt Shepard looks at it. And, and this is from a recent interview with him. He said, look, we're going to take it one day at a time. Obviously, they're going to follow the Super Dirt Car Series. In in his own words, that's been his moneymaker mm-hmm. for the past few years. So they are going to follow that. But when we get to October, when we get to Super Dirt Week and the Short Track Super Nationals, they're going to evaluate where they are at that point. I think this is going to be super impressive to see what Matt Shepard can do because He's won everything there is to win in dirt modified racing, mm-hmm. except the short track <laughs> super series. Yeah. Let's be honest here, though, Steve. And this was the one thing I thought about when you mentioned the direct conflict with Super Dirt Week. If Matt Shepard qualifies in on Thursday and locks himself into the top six, which he's been very, 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 very good at doing, this is all a moot point, really. Well, so here's how I look at it, Jacob. Yes, he's, you know, nobody's ever a lock, but but Shepard is almost a lock to get into the top six. So once he does that, you know, nothing else matters until Sunday. What this will do, guys, we saw him sweep both the small block and the big block races this past year. If he's in contention for the Short Track Super Series North region, I think that you will see him pass on the small block race this year. Sure. Because because that would run on Saturday afternoon. Right. And then he would have to hightail it down to I-88, which, by the way, I've done before. And let me tell you guys, from Oswego to to I-88 Speedway is not exactly a short jaunt like it used to be to get from Syracuse to Rolling Wheels to run uh, during Super Dirt Week. So, yeah. I'm sure that somebody with a plane will take care of that if they have to. But, you know, that... I, don't, I, I really don't believe that Matt would be worried about the small block race, though. He's proven he can win both in the same weekend he did it this past year. Well, that's year. right, yeah. So why I mean, should he I, care again? <laughs> I think this is really going to be intriguing. And I like I said, I think it's good. Honestly, I think it's good for the Super Dirt Car Heck Series to have, yeah. to have this going on. Because what, what are we sitting here spending an entire segment on a national show talking about? Super Dirt Car Racing in the Northeast. So uh-huh. there you go. Exactly. Steve... We're going to go from the northeast to the far southeast in our next segment and talk about that hashtag Florida in February thing. That's a thing. Look it up on Twitter. We talk the Dirt Car Nationals next. You're listening to Motorsports Madness right here on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun. 
go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. I'm Kaz Grawl and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Madness here on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens, joining us right now. And right now, or right meow, if we're talking about Blake Anderson, Steve, which Blake's going to be doing a lot of talking here in the next few days. We're going to talk about the Dirt Car Nationals, the 47th, I think. Renewal of this race at Volusia Speedway Park, which when anybody gets to Volusia for Florida in February, Steve, th- where's the emoji or the, the visual of the cartoon eyeballs blaring about three times out of somebody's head? Because that's what I had when I saw some of the pictures. They put some serious cash, $300,000 worth, into safety upgrades for VSP after two incidents during the sprint car portion of the week last year where we had cars clear the catch fence. That was not good. We don't want that to happen again. No, and, and I think when you look at the un, those unfortunate events, I, I think that you know those events will not be defined by what happened. I think they're going to be defined by what uh, has taken place since then to make sure that that never happens again. And, and that will be, you know, replacing 850 feet of guardrail from turn one to turn two with a 46-inch high concrete retaining wall. And on top of that, a 17-foot catch fence. Now, Jacob, if, if a car is, and, you know, you never rule out the impossible, but I got to tell you, they have done everything that they can do to make sure that what we saw last year twice never happens again and and i think that not only that just the whole feel of volusia and and this is just 
you know, somebody who um, has not actually, I've not, I've never been to Volusia, but I can tell you that from the photos I've seen uh, previous to what we're seeing now, and uh, if if you're uh, listening to us tonight and you're online, um, take a look at the Dirt Car Racing Facebook page. They've got a great album up with about 10 or 12 photos uh, of some of the upgrades that they've made. And, and I got to tell you, Jacob, there's a lot to be said for the safety upgrades, but you know, uh, this new retaining wall and a fresh coat of paint. I mean, Volusia is really looking uh, spruced up and ready to go for 14 days straight of action. Tom, this event is always special, but oh, yeah. I have so much respect and, and applaud everything that Volusia has done to take the events of last year, learn from them, and make sure that this year's event is that much safer for their competitors. Every step that they've taken throughout this whole process, I feel like, you know, from an outsider's perspective looking in at it, has been right on the money. And I'm excited to see what we're going to do here for 14 days coming up in about a week because this is going to be a big deal. And when everybody's talking about safety and a really good light for something like this, that's only a good thing for racing. Well, I agree, and I I applaud them as well, and I have said for a long time, and we'll say it again, in this day and age, if you're going to own a racetrack and you're going to run cars there that even could remotely get up in the air and start flipping, you just, there's no excuse not to have the proper retaining wall or fencing to be able to keep them inside the racing surface. You cannot let a race car go outside of your racing surface in any situation, most especially into an area where there could be fans or, you know, competitors in the infield. I think you just, you know, I think this is, uh, this is great. And I congratulate everybody at Volusia. And I think the drivers and teams are going to go into this with a lot more confidence now because they've made these changes and the fans are as well. So, and I agree with Steve, it, it, it breathes new life into the facility when you do this. And mm-hmm. even if it doesn't change the racing itself, as far as the way, you know, the cars drive it or whatever, um, it's going to feel like it did because everybody just feels that much safer. And like Steve said, nothing's ever impossible, but right. You know, you certainly would think that with uh, what they've done here, um, I mean, it, it's a lot harder to get out of the ballpark now. Let's put it like that. Steve, aside from safety, there's a lot more reasons to be hyped up about Dirt Car Nationals. I have one in particular, and it's a driver who goes by the initials KK and owns this team with a third letter, KKR. Are we hyped up that Casey Kane is going to be racing five straight nights of sprint cars? Well, you know, it's it's going to be uh, here, Jacob. Here's my initial reaction. It's going to be weird. <laughs> I mean, we've been so used to not seeing, you know, seeing him on a very, very limited basis. And, you know, I, I, I really I'm excited for it because Casey Kane, similar to Tony Stewart since retirement, is getting an opportunity to go back and do something that they absolutely love to do. Casey Kane would not be fielding two full-time World of Outlaw teams if it wasn't something the man was passionate about. And so I'm 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 really kind of excited to see him 
uh, like I said, in, in a sprint car a whole lot more than we've seen him here in the past. And don't be surprised if, if he does very, very well because, you know, he he has certainly not forgotten how to drive a sprint car. We've seen no. him even on the limited basis have some success here over the last couple of years. And like I said, those starts have been very limited. But, uh, you know, I, I think that this is great. In, in this whole 27 or 2018 as a whole has got to be, we talked about a breath of fresh air at Volusia. How about a breath of fresh air for Casey Kane? I mean, getting back behind the wheel for a team that has got to feel more grassroots to him than he's felt in, Mm -hmm. in, in recent years, Jacob. And, and a team that, you know, is going to allow him to run races in a sprint car that don't conflict with his NASCAR schedule. I love it, Tom. I really do. Well, I was going to say he, I asked him about that at media tour and he told me that he was planning to run 20 to 30 races this year. He didn't have a complete schedule. He hadn't sat down and figured out, you know, what the best of those were going to be because obviously he needs to put the cup car first, but I think we are going to see a little bit of a resurged Casey Kane this year because I think he has a good feeling about going over to Levine Family Racing. This is a different situation than it's been. They're Hendrick-affiliated now, and I think Casey feels like he's got an opportunity to kind of have all the attention on him and to help them to make some progress and at the same time, as you said, to go dirt racing. I mean, he's going to go back and and, uh, you know, do a number of shows. And then he wants to go back to the Chili Bowl next year, obviously. Ding. And so I think it's great. It's neat to see him being able to do that. It'll just add even more intrigue because, you you know, you got Kyle Larson still out running shows. You got him running shows. You're going to have Christopher Bell running some dirt shows still, though his involvement will probably be less. You know, you got Tony out there. We never know, Steve, what Tony's going to do. Mm. So, you know, it just makes it a little bit more interesting. I want to throw this question to both you, Tom, and Jacob. Okay. Does Casey Kane getting back behind the wheel for 25 to 30 races, what impact do you guys think that's going to have on KKR, uh, the, the Traveling World of Outlaws series team? I think it's going to help a lot, Steve. I think Casey's input on things with the team and being able to be more directly involved at the racetrack and racing is only going to help. I think it allows an extra amount of data, an extra amount of real-world experience for the year. I think it's going to actually push Darren and Brad and even Casey in in his own right. It's going to push all three drivers to just increase things that much more. I'm not worried about it. I see it as a great thing. I agree, and I I don't even think it's all about the data, though I'm sure that's going to be a part of it. I I just think it gives them a shot in the arm to have the boss there playing on the track with them, just like it would. Shots has said the same thing about Tony in the past. that's what I was going to say, just like it would every time Tony goes out and runs with Shotzi. It's the same kind of thing. I mean, it's just, you know, you have a special relationship with your boss, and, and when your boss is Casey Kane, and you know that he's one of the best that there's been, 
you want to go out there and race against him. You want him out there with you running around. You you want to be able to talk about the race with him after having had him be in it as well. It's just a different level of camaraderie. So I think it, honestly, Steve, I think it's going to have a huge impact on that team. It's going to be, I, I think, just a, 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 a mental and emotional lift to have him there and participating more. That That's where I'm at, guys. I think that, you know, when you look at this from a team morale perspective, I think that along with the data, I, I won't count that out, but I think the whole team morale, yes. well, maybe the, maybe this is the boost that that team needs. I mean, look, Brad Sweet finished second in the points uh, late in the season last year. So, you know, maybe this is what that team needs to, to get that little extra oomph to get up there and compete with Donnie Schatz. I also think that you could reverse this, Jacob, and sure. say that, that this might actually revitalize Casey and on help him to, side? yeah, on the NASCAR yeah. side, and, and again, give him a little bit of a lift to be able to, to know that he gets to go play in the dirt a little bit and, you know, give him a fresh attitude coming into the 95 situation. You know, I think that team could be, I'm not going to say they're going to race for a bunch of wins, but I certainly think that that team could be an interesting team to watch and could maybe mm-hmm. on the back end of the playoffs with Casey behind the wheel. I could see that happening this year. Hey, Steve, hang tight with us for a minute. We're going to take another quick break here, but I got a few more things I want to bounce off you on the other side. So we'll continue our Dirt Car Nationals discussion right after this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. 
Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hey, I'm Brennan Poole, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Zeman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Dr. Dirt Steve Ovens on the Madness as it stands right now. Talking dirt track racing, and we we got so wound up on talking about Casey Kane and KKR uh, in our last segment that there were still some things that I wanted to bounce off of Steve, so we kept him around for another segment. And, Steve, it's funny because Tom mentioned that we got to talk to Casey during the NASCAR media tour last week. And Casey made a very simple but but very interesting point, as a matter of fact, during his print room conversation. And that's that the trick at this point to beating Donnie Schatz is winning more, which... Hopefully, they're going to get off to a good start at at Dirt Car Nationals. Brad Sweet's won a big gator down there in the past, but Casey made it very simple. You can have consistency all you want, but when Donnie's winning 25 or 30 races a year, you're just not going to beat him for a championship. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, yeah, winning winning helps, doesn't it, guys? Yeah. The, the winner gets the most amount of points leaving that race. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, but, but that's exactly it, and and I think that last year that we saw, even as impressive as David Gravel's numbers were in terms of wins and, and such, he still fell very short of, of knocking Donnie shots off the top of the mountain. So, yeah, Casey's absolutely right. I mean, when when that guy is out there winning 25 races a season, you know, having a season where you win eight to ten races and you finish in the top five a lot, that's great, but that's not going to beat Donnie Shots. It's just not. No. So, you know, when we talk about all those things put together where, you know, they are a solid two-car team that now has the car owner to come in for a certain allotment of races that, you know, can boost morale and help with information and, and all of that good stuff, uh, you know, hopefully those are enough to propel them because he's absolutely right. In my mind, Jacob... The 2018 champion on the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series is going to have to win at least 20 races because Donnie Schatz in the past, an average year for them is 25 wins. So you're going to have to win at least 20 to be in contention, I think. Now, yeah. can that be done? I, you know, we'll see. David Gravel I mean, won 18 or 19 last year, so... It he did, can be and done. He, both he and Brad Sweet was close. And and Jacob, think about it for Brad Sweet. I mean, you know, he did get his wins, but he was he consistent, wasn't... but he just didn't have enough wins. Exactly. So you know, hey, if if you can, if if they can take advantage of those opportunities where they're a top five car 
and he propels them as a driver to the win, he's going to need to do that more this year. Uh, otherwise, we'll be talking about this same exact thing a year from now. Well, I don't know how the math adds up when you say that the 2018 champion needs to have at least 20 wins, and then you say that Shots has averaged 25. I mean, there's 90 races or whatever. It, it, unless that, I think that the key to to beating Donnie Shots for a championship is basically paying him to go on a cruise for about three <laughs> months. Um, then you might have a chance. Other than that. I don't think, honestly, there's a single team in World of Outlaws racing that's going to beat Donnie Schatz for a championship except for Tony Stewart Racing and Donnie Schatz. If they don't beat themselves, I want to see the team that wins more races than Donnie Schatz. Well, I have a suggestion. David Gravel's the only one that comes to mind for nope. me, honestly. Nope. Everybody, everybody continues, except for Steve. I think he and I are on the same page here. Everybody continues to overlook that we finally have Paul Silva in a full-time role with a team on the World of Outlaws trail. Paul Silva is going to be a difference maker, and Kyle Larson's two-team with Shane Stewart is going to be a serious championship well, threat. Steve, are we in agreement on that? Uh, to a point, yes. I, I have been a big believer of this team from day one. The problem with this team, Jacob, is is they haven't come through in the exact department that we're talking about right now. Right, but they have not come through in the W column. They haven't, and, but Steve, let's keep in mind they've never had the re the full time resource of Paul Silva being the general manager and being directly involved on those cars. Remember what Kyle Larson did in Paul Silva's car last year. Well, I know, but you know, I I think that I think that, and and I don't want this to to sound derogatory toward Shane Stewart, but I don't know that you can make a fair comparison of Shane Stewart and Kyle Larson. Wow, because because Kyle, I mean, come on, guys, Kyle Larson is is magic in a sprint car. And, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Shane Stewart when I say that, even though it sounds like I am. You know, Paul Silva is going to be a major factor, Jacob. You're absolutely right. But it's going to take more than just that. I agree. It's going to, it's going to take the win or bring it home in a box kind of driving from Shane Stewart. And, and it's, you know... He's got the ability to do it. It's just we just haven't seen that from that team yet. I think he's ready. I think I think it's a matter of Larson telling Shane to to flip that that switch of that last little bit to maybe step over the line See, sometimes. I, I think y'all got it backwards. I, I, I think what Shane Stewart needs to do is not overdrive the car wreckers or checkers i didn't that's, see him wreckers or checkers if anybody was wreckers or checkers last year it was sheldon Hodenshield. yeah but my, my point is if you go back and look shane stewart beat himself yes he as did. many times as everybody else beat him i think shane stewart needs to mature as a driver and make better decisions in traffic with pass timing he's got to become a complete racer 
in a sprint car in order to contend for the championship. And I, I don't see him being a racer. I agree with Steve completely. You take him out, you put Kyle Larson in that car, that car will win the championship. I don't believe it wins a championship over Donnie Schatz with Shane Stewart. I think Paul Silva can do all he wants. He can't drive the car. Now, again, I'm not trying to, to, to crap on Shane Stewart. I'm just saying I don't think Shane Stewart is a championship sprint car racer. I just don't. I watched a different Shane Stewart tackle the Chili Bowl this year than I've ever seen him Chili Bowl it. is not World of Outlaws. No, it's not, but it takes a lot of the same style of driving, and I, I, watched, a, I watched a very different mindset from Shane Stewart all day during Championship Day on Saturday than I've ever seen in his Outlaws car. So I, I completely disagree with both of you that he's, that he's not learned what it's going to take this year because I really believe that he has learned what it takes. But, hey, that's just my two cents. So, Steve, I'm not going to ask you to predict the champion because we got a ways to go yet. However, I will ask you to predict early who's going to win the big gator on the sprint car side because I am curious. <laughs> my heart tells me David Gravel. My head tells me Brad Sweet. See, I'm actually reverse, believe it or not. My head is telling me David Gravel after the way he came out swinging last year. It very well could happen, and, and I think David Gravel is is going to have a season much similar to what we saw last year. Uh, the question will be for that team is consistency and and can they get more wins? I mean, if, if they can squeeze three, four, five more wins – more than they did last year you know we're talking about them being in second and maybe even beating Donnie shots so um yeah so he's going to be a contender I just think that from a consistency perspective I think uh Brad Sweet is going to be taking home the big gator I, I think he gets one win and a lot of consistent finishes you're both wrong oh Sheldon Howden Shield but we Whoa. don't we don't know if the 17 team is running the two all-star races at the start of the week because those are counted well, in that, the big game. Yeah, that's right. That's a, I don't think Sheldon I'll have to go back and look at some of the photos that we have in our gallery from last year's Dirt Car Nationals to remember whether Sheldon with his family team ran all five races, but I don't think the 17 car ran the two all-star races at the uh midweek last year. I think that team is the team to watch in the world of outlaws this Absolutely. We can agree on that. Anybody that's going to challenge Donnie Schatz seriously for a championship, that's the guy. Yes. And but Ricky Stenhouse believes it too. Or he wouldn't have and, hired him. Well, but I heard Ricky talking to someone at Media Tour about why he believes it, and I can't remember the the exact quotes, but it, it Ricky made it very clear that he believed that Sheldon was the missing link to that team winning a championship. And I don't think Ricky says that just to be confident. Right. He believes it in his heart, and I think Sheldon's going to deliver on the track. You're going to see a big leap in Sheldon's win total and his overall consistency in that car. Well, he didn't have a win last year, so there would well, have to so be a big would leap. Be a big leap. Yes. Now, Steve, you know be what I mean. Steve, before we let you go, I do want to throw out there really fast that this is where I would apply what you said earlier about what you and Tom said earlier about Shane Stewart. To Sheldon Hoddenshield. Sheldon is one that really, if last year was any indication, needs to just 
find where that line is and just get right to the edge of it, but not step over it because he cost himself three or four wins last year by stepping over it. Yes, but I think with the team he's going to be with, Jacob, Yes, I think that there's a lot of stress and a lot exactly. of worry that is not going to be on that driver's shoulders anymore. He just has and to show up and drive now. It, yes, and that, for the competition, could be a very dangerous thing. I agree, because the team lacks nothing. His team did. Correct. He was trying to make up for what they lacked. Always fun, my friend. We, we should do this more. Oh, wait, we're going to do it again next Monday. <laughs> so <laughs> come back and join us, Steve. Uh, it, February is coming, boys. This yes, week, it is. February is coming. Yes, it is. Hey, coming up over the weekend, there's a couple of Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series races to kick off their season. So we'll have those to talk about next week. That is Steve Ovens. We're coming back with a lightning round right after these words. You're listening to Motorsports Madness, and the white flag is up next here on the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. We're back. It's our white flag segment here on Motorsports Madness. You're listening to PMN Radio, also known as the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza on a Monday night as we go into our 
lightning round, among other unsundry things, and... Today's word of the day is unsundry. Okay. That works. Ding. (laughs) I'm going to let Tom and Cisco have fun while I come up with questions during this segment, because that seems to always be entertaining. Now Now I'm concerned. Wow, gee, thanks. Ye of little faith. Correct. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Come on, Jacob. Come up with like some funny questions, will you? Okay. Don't you have a cabinet of evergreen questions you can just pull out of nowhere? No. Evergreen. Yeah. Wow. Word of the day number two. It's a speedway in Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, that that is also very true. Yes. Well, my first lightning round question doesn't really have anything to do with current racing, but I think it's somewhat entertaining. I'll let you two uh, have some fun with it. Question one, what now defunct or not currently hosting racing track, and it can be any track in the country, would you like to see either A, well, I guess it would have to reopen for B to be true, but reopen and added to a major series schedule? Well, what do you define as a major series? National Touring Series, okay. Wow. Uh, now, that is a good question. It's just not a question you can answer right off the top of your head because I'd have to choose from about six, but I'm going to say... The first track, the very first track that came to mind for me was Nazareth in Pennsylvania. Yes. Because that track was such an amazing track for IndyCars. And, you know, the Xfinity series or Bush series, whatever it was, ran on it. I mean, that track was a really, really cool track. Now, I know that three quarters of our audience is probably going to say, why didn't you say North Wilkesboro? Okay, that's on the list too. But for me, I just really, if I could bring back a short track or a, a, a track that could yeah. be a national series track, I guess, it would be Nazareth. That would be my answer. Cisco. I think it goes without saying that North Wilkesboro and Greenville Pickens, at least, add those two back. Well, Greenville's still series. racing. Greenville's oh, still well, racing. They're still racing. Yeah, well, you're saying add to count. a national series. But okay. no, my pick to like rebuild and reopen. Riverside, California. Yes. Yes. That wow. was yes. That would See, be a nice Cisco one. and I are on the same wavelength because that was going to be my pick too. That would be really Holy hard crap. to do though, because isn't that like a? It's like a, a shop shopping mall. Or yeah, something it, now. yeah. It's <laughs> residential now, <laughs> but major, uh, we could find a plot of land and, and build a new Riverside. Well, I suppose, but that then that wouldn't be rebuilding. Call that Vegas billionaire guy that's building that super long track out in the desert. He could do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Question number two for our lightning round. Out of all the drivers that we heard from at last week's NASCAR media tour, not including Scott Pruitt and Fernando Alonso because they're not NASCAR guys, out of all the NASCAR people that we heard from last week during the media tour, who are you most intrigued by going into the new year? Me first? Yes. Uh, sorry, I might not stop have... Stop eating! Just stop! I'm here now! I have major news, and I want you to hear it! I'm the best-looking driver in NASCAR. <laughs> Ty Dillon is who I'm most intrigued by. Number one, he walked into both rooms and simply took over. 
that that's the first thing. So he's a completely different personality than he was last Absolutely. year. But you know what? I really honestly think that's going to resonate on the racetrack. I think that Jermaine Racing team takes a step forward, not saying they're going to be running for wins every week, but I do think that Ty Dillon may have a good shot this year to actually make the playoffs and <clears throat> possibly get out of round one. Again, I'll offer. <gasps> Cisco. I'm telling you. Tom stole mine. Aww. So. Boo. Uh, I don't want to go with the obvious choice, but William Byron. Aw. Well, if they, I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. About, be intriguing. You know, he's, he's rolling into the 24 and has the possibility to be the gold, the new golden child for Hendrick if Chase hasn't already stolen that, which he may, he may have well have. But I'm interested to actually I'm just interested to see that HMS stable as a whole. Bowman, yeah. Elliot, and and Byron all together. Jimmy's gonna be I am curious to be if Jimmy's gonna be like the dad to all of them. No, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Bowman and Elliot explained this during media tour. He is grandpa Jimmy. Grandpa Jimmy. Oh yeah, that's grandpa. right. Yeah, I remember that clip now. But, yeah, well no, that is gonna be the coolest dynamic I think we've seen the team for a while. I would tell you that's the team I, I would fear the most going into the season. Amen. I really I really believe Amen. you not one because of the new body, but two because the I think everybody's going to underestimate Alex Bowman until yeah. he goes out and blitzes everybody in an early race and then it's like, Oh, who is he? Well, Watch Harvick lead Phoenix for like 150 laps, and then Bowman just bl blows by him with 50 to go. I mean, that would be beautiful, actually. I'm telling you that he's going to have a much better season than everybody thinks he will. Fair, fair. All right, my answer to that was going to be Bubba Wallace, and the the specific Agreed. term is not just because not intrigued just because of potential for on track performance, but honestly, I hate to say this, but because of sponsorship, because he told us while we were at Media Tour that they only have thirteen races of thirty six locked in from a sponsorship perspective right now, so he's got to go out with something to prove, which I think speaks a lot and is something that Bubba's not afraid to do, as we've seen in the past. I just, I don't get it. I mean, I, I don't understand what everybody on Wall Street is missing about this. You got Bubba in the King. Come on, sponsors. What more can you ask for? He's about the most personable and the most interactive guy on social media. Yeah, He exactly. drives his ass off every race he runs. And just, I mean, he's he's going to be the one that ends up with the most new fans. Now, I didn't say he was going to win most popular driver. I'm just right. saying right. he's going to be the one that gains the most new fans. I think out of all of the new kids on the block this year, <laughs> bad pun there, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I just think I, I don't get it. Come yeah. on, people. Speaking of new kids on the block, who takes over the most popular driver mantle this year? See, everybody thinks it's going to be Chase Elliott, but I just don't think this is a lock. I understand that Chase's father, Bill, won it like 98 times in 15 <laughs> years. But, you know, I, I just I don't think this is a lock. I think some of these guys, Bubba's going to be one of them. 
I, I, I think Blaney's going to be another. And I think, honestly, I believe Alex Bowman's going to gain a quick fan base, too, when he starts winning in Bowman Junior's the car. Showman? Yeah. Absolutely. He wins a race or two in that 88 car. You watched Junior Nation switch back. That's Absolutely. all I'm going to tell you. You, I, you didn't answer the question, though. Who wins it? I, I Well, you know what? I'm going to just say it right now. I think, honestly, there's a good chance Bubba Wallace ends up winning the most popular driver. Award. Really? Yeah. Wow, Cisco. I, you know what? It's I a can't, long season. I can't, it's but Chase with the with the Martinsville and the and the Elliot on the last name. I'm he's got to win step by step. He's gonna face the music and he's hanging tough. He's and that's win. your new kids on the block reference for today. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with both of you actually, though Ryan I think Tom. Absolutely. There you go. I'm telling you, Chase can is I, not can a lot. Can I add a dark horse at least for us media people? Sure. Why not? D-Burrito. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> hey, if, if, if Matt DiBenedetto were able to get Reddit Nation to be able to get behind that, they really ought to put D-Burrito on the award. What, yeah. what needs to be done to get that on the window, uh, on the window on the car? I Can think it has been. Once. Yeah, yeah it was there once. He, you know, look, Matt is probably, he's probably the most underappreciated personality. Matt really is a great guy, and he's got yeah. a great personality. Just, you know, obviously, unfortunately, the team's just not ready to run up front yet. Chip Ganassi picked up win number 200 in the GT Le Mans class over the weekend, uh, and that's win 200 wins across all series. We Correct. talked about this earlier in yes. the show. Do you have a favorite Ganassi memory? I go. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go because I got a story, and it's a personal oh one. Go ahead. Jamie Mack and Charlotte. That's your fourth 2000 reference there, but <laughs> Jamie Mack and Charlotte when he was subbing for Sterling 2002? Marlin, and nobody was like, who is this guy? And he comes out and wins it. Yeah. Tom. I'll give you my favorite chip moment because it was it was personal with with Chip and I. I was I was at a race in Atlanta with a friend of mine who was at that time had some ties to the team and was hanging with Chip and the and, and the guys um, it, for one of the team meals and they had ribs and chicken or whatever. And Ernie Elliott, by the way, was the chef. I'll have you know. Oh my! Well, <clears throat> you know, I was getting down to finishing my plate. And Chip decided he didn't want his second rib that he hadn't touched. So he just walks over to me and says, here you go. Finish my rib for me and puts it on my plate. Walks away. <laughs> so so you, ate, you, you ate a rib that had been touched by Chip Ganassi. I got a rib, yeah, that, that, that had been, well, it had been touched by okay. Chip. It well, touched by his yeah, fork. By his fork. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Chip gave me, gave me his last rib. Wow. That's, that's, I, I know a guy who knows the rib that, Touch the fork of Chip Ganassi. That's, yeah. Yeah. No, that's not going to work very well. Yeah, I'm trying to get yeah, into, like, higher VIP but areas. Now, you know, it? in all seriousness, Chip is a great guy. He's he's yeah. one, he's a guy that you just love to hang around, and he really does treat his people extremely well, and that's why he keeps a lot of them long term. Yeah. And I'm thrilled that he got that win at, at uh, Daytona because the, they've worked hard to build that team. Yes, my my, I have a tie for my favorite Ganassi memory. I know what one of them's going to be. Actually, one of the one of them was the Larson win at Michigan, where Ganassi came and about killed Kyle in victory <laughs> oh, lane. Oh, well, that was because the one I that was, was just darn funny. To be completely honest with you, but the the fifth overall win for Pruitt 
at Daytona back in 2013 when he paired with Juan Pablo and Charlie Kimball and Mamo. That was just a special moment because you know in you, you saw in victory lane the emotion for Scott to tie Hurley, the emotion for Chip knowing he helped Scott tie Hurley. That for that sports car program that Chip started was just a super special moment and one that really resonates among all the victories that Chip's had in the past with me. And it also uh, lets us say congratulations to Scott Pruitt on finishing off an incredible 50-year career, Tom, over the weekend. It wasn't another win at Daytona like Scott might have hoped, but he got to say hi to his family at home one more time. And they weren't at home. They were actually on pit road with him. See, I can't believe that you didn't. I thought, sure, you were gonna. One of them was gonna be last year when Larson won, and he almost and he gave Chad Johnston whiplash. <laughs> well, I, no, that was broke his neck. That was the same. That was the same race. He almost he because he clubbed oh, Kyle that's in the right. head. He in came, that, that's lane. right. I forgot yeah. about that. No, part. that yeah, yeah it was, that right. was the I, same okay. race. Yeah, yeah. That that was the all time. Uh, celebratory moment. And I, Chad <laughs> yes. Johnston, I think, is still seeing a chiropractor. I do tend to believe that. Ugh. And with that, we are going to get ready to say goodnight, Gracie, and wrap up this edition of Motorsports Madness. As always, thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, and our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Susan Mason, Bill Holt, from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, Behind the Glass, and all the folks at PMN that make this show possible. So for Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Steve Ovens, I'm Jacob Suman reminding you to keep it off the wall. And if you're headed out to a racetrack this weekend, be safe, and we might just see you there. Folks, have a safe racing weekend till we meet again. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.